Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm an integrative and functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in well over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs. And I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school in practitioner mentorship where we help other clinicians level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what this show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Now give me the mic so I can take it away. Hello, everybody. Happy March. Hope everybody's March is off to a good start. Next week is my birthday, St. Patrick's Day. I will be 39 last year in my 30s. So I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Today, we're going to talk about some practitioner stuff. Last week, I had uh, a bad doctor's appointment. (laughs) It was a bad one. It might have been like top three worst. So in order to, for me to tell you about that, I have to tell you about some butt stuff. Everybody's favorite topic. I was really constipated. Um, for those of you who are longtime listeners, you might have remembered an episode from like, I don't know, probably three years ago where I got really constipated really badly. I learned some things about myself and my GI tube and how my GI tube responds to stressful times. Not really a lesson I wanted to have to learn again, but here we are. So uh, this is not, um, no change to diet, no change. I mean, it's funny timing. I had just run a GI map on myself, a stool test, because I just like to do that once a year on myself. I'm like, nothing like, you know, my digestive enzymes looked great. There was no pathogens. There was no like crazy overgrowths. Like, it was really like a nervous system <laughs> response, um, which is, I just want to highlight that because that often goes so overlooked. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That brain gut access thing. That's a big deal, right? But like, can you just give me some oregano oil to like treat all the things on my stool test? Anyway, um, so I went to the doctor because I was like, I just like, I think I need something like hands on my belly. I don't know. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Listen to some bowel sounds. I don't know. See what's up down there. What is going on? I, you know, you know, I had tried all my tricks too. Uh, enemas, coffee enemas. I have a enema kit that I'll do a coffee enema on myself. Did a few of those, all the mag citrate in the world. All the, you know, like the usual suspects, nothing was working. I know the tricks. I was doing them all. So I went to the doctor and I had a call, obviously, to make an appointment. And the guy that I talked to was like, so we can't get you in for two weeks. I was like, what's that now? I'm so used to calling the doctor and like, you know, you got the sniffles. They see you when you, you need to see. It's been a minute, but that's typically how it used to work anyway. So two weeks. And I was like, uh, that seems like a long time. And he's like, well, you don't really have any of the uh, symptoms that would warrant a first day visit. And I was like, well, what would those symptoms be? And he would listed some off like nausea, not being able to eat blood in the stool. I was like, you mean to tell me that 
You guys won't see me until it gets so bad that I'm shitting blood. Is that, is that what's up? He's like, oh, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, I was able to get in the same day, but I had to go, like I had to drive 45 minutes to a uh, practice that I don't, or it's a part of the practice, but I, it's not an office that I've ever been to. It's certainly not a doctor I've ever seen. And I walked in and I'm like in the room, like sitting at that, you know, like the little seats where they take your blood pressure and your pulse and all that, not on the exam table, like in a little seat. So I'm sitting there and he walks in and his arms are crossed and he like sits against the, like the exam table. I'm in the chair. So I'm like, oh, will I not be getting on that? His arms are crossed the whole time. I'm in that office for less than four minutes. No word of a lie. He just walks in. So he's like, you, you constipated? And I'm like, yep, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. He's like, all right, I'm going to have you do a fleet enema, drink a bottle of bag citrate at night, wake up the next morning, do another fleet enema. It always works. And I was like, well, I've already done enemas and mag citrate. And he's like, nah, you haven't done it in this order though. Like you got to do it in this exact order. And then he's like, if it doesn't work, give me a call and I'll come up with plan B. I was like, all right, well, what would plan B be then, you know, in, in the event that this does not work? And he's like, I don't know. I'd have to like think about it. And they're like, mm-hmm, okay, super helpful. Um, that it? And he's like, yep, that's it. Legit didn't even put a hand on me. Not a stethoscope to be seen in that appointment. I was like, this is weird, you know? So I was chatting on the way home with my friend who's a nurse practitioner. And she just said, I always wonder what it's like for people that really don't know anything medically. So like, obviously I'm in the health world. She's in the health space. We know some things. We've seen some things. We have our own tools. We have our own resources. And she's like, this is their only perspective is this kind of poor care. And so we were just kind of like talking about how it's so unfortunate because so many people are suffering. And you know, this isn't even a dig at this doctor. It could have been a bad day. You know, he it could have it was the end of the workday for him. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know his story. I'm not going to pretend to. It's it is what it is. You know, I'm fine. I'm safe. It's good. Um, this is not a dig at the medical profession. You know, they've got their own problems that they're working through too. I totally get that. It's a tragically broken system. People are suffering because it's a broken system. Nobody is going to argue that. And I don't really like to place the blame on the individual level. You know, it really is the system itself. I've been talking to, um, you know, we have a, a client who we're trying to, uh, her naturopath and her PCP have, called in for GI referrals. It's been a week and nobody's called her back. Uh, I was talking to my naturopath friend who um, had a client whose gastroenterologist did online visits, virtual visits for two years before anybody saw him. This guy had Crohn's and took him two years. So the system is saturated inundated. And this is what I mean by it's like a tragically broken system. And I, I don't, there's no, it's not as simple as like pointing the finger and blaming one individual. It's just kind of looking at what's happening collectively and being like WTF. And so because of this, there really is this increasing need, demand, desire for another way which is why I believe we're seeing more and more functional practice practitioners. And because I've been in this space for a minute and because I've got like eyes wide open and ears wide open, I hear some things, you know, 
And there is some unrest brewing in some of these circles. And it just feels like everybody is in conflict, kind of like everybody's at odds. And in all of this melee, it's the patients who are the ones that are suffering. And for those of us who do like work in wellness in some capacity, I just think that we are needed more so than ever. And I just, and I don't have the answers right now. You know, I will promise to share them with you if and when I collect them. But I just keep asking myself, what does this look like? You know, I do this in meditation. Maybe you you do this in prayer. How, what, maybe some people do it in the woods, whatever it is. Like, what are the ways that I can make the most positive impact? Um, So if you've been kind of kicking around this sort of stuff and thinking about these sort of things, you know, I get it. I see you. I'm with you. Uh, Today's podcast is really inspired by a brand new FNA student, Functional Nutrition Academy. She signed up early enrollment and she shared this in our community. She said, I just listened to episode 38 of Aaron's podcast with Jessica Flanagan as they're talking about finding the right practitioner, one who has tons of clinical experience, et cetera. And it has me feeling some major imposter syndrome feelings. I get so much confidence from Aaron's business stuff so far, just starting, which is yay. I love hearing that stuff. Uh, but I hear things like this and I get super nervous about being that person that no one wants to work with because I'm so new to this. How do I get past that? And how do I market myself in a way that feels true to my experience without scaring people away with inexperience? I hope it makes sense. It makes so much sense. And I wanted to actually address this question sort of publicly outside of FNA because there are so many providers and practitioners that listen to this show and this is such a common thing so I would love to address this. It's a wonderful question. I'm so grateful she asked. It's a very involved answer. And in fact, it's so involved it's going to take me 2 weeks to answer. So this is going to be a two-parter. Um definitely come back for the rest. I will talk more about the marketing stuff uh next episode. And I, I understand that I'm doing two practitioner-related shows back-to-back. If you're not a practitioner and this doesn't, you know, some people just like to listen to learn. That's totally cool too. Welcome. Welcome to you. Um, but if you're like, I'm not interested in this practitioner stuff, you can absolutely use this as an opportunity to play catch up with some older episodes. So just a heads up on that. If you are a practitioner, just a heads up that we have our free functional lab testing masterclass coming up Thursday, March 23rd at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We are talking about using a unique approach to functional lab testing to accelerate your client's transformation. At the time of recording this, we already have 250 people signed up and I just announced it two days ago. So I didn't think this is going to be like a seats are going to sell out. I mean, not, I guess they wouldn't sell out because it's free, but (laughs) I think we have to cap it at a thousand just because of like Zoom. I'll look into that, but I I would just probably not wait to sign up if you're thinking about signing up, just just as a heads up. Anyway, today we're going to start to answer this question, and I'm going to begin to unpack 10 ways, 10 very specific ways to be a really good practitioner or provider. So we'll talk about actions to take, 
skills to hone, practices to implement, and traits to harvest. The last thing we need is big-hearted, skilled people allowing imposter syndrome to hold themselves back from helping people who need the help, right? From serving people who are underserved. And also, I absolutely understand the question. We don't want people punching above their weight, saying that they can help when they don't have the experience to actually help, right? That's irresponsible. In today's episode, I'm going to like hype you up a little bit while also keeping things realistic. I'm going to give you some practices to work on to hone your own skill set. But the episode that in question, the one where I was talking with Jessica Flanagan, this is this is an old episode too. We were really talking specifically about autoimmunity and chronic people, uh, chronic patients. So these are people who have worked with a lot of providers who have been sick for a while. And honestly, I do kind of believe that this cohort really should be seeking out experienced clinicians. So there is that. We want to think about the person in question and what they're dealing with. Um, So just kind of keep that in mind before we power through the rest of the episode. But it's tricky when somebody's just starting out right? They're like, the only way to get good is to practice. And yet, how do I practice? How do I start if I don't have experience? And last week, I mentioned this actually, and I referred to it as kind of a catch-22 situation. This, I believe the solution to this is mentorship. I think this is the beauty of mentorship, having a mentor, having guidance as you do this, because you can grow and you can expand and you can try new things with a safety net. You know, one of the things I will talk about today is that willingness to try new things. But if you're trying something for the first time or the second or third time, and you don't have the appropriate support to lean on, if things go pear-shaped, that's when things can get hectic. At best, it's going to create some bad feelings for you that's going to make it really hard for you to continue to march forth. And at worst, you're being irresponsible with your client. So this is why in the Functional Nutrition Academy, which is open for enrollment right now, if when you come to the business side of things, this is why she was saying, I feel so inspired. My confidence has increased. When you come to the business side of FNA, the modules, the business mentorships, the trainings, I will gas you up. All I see is limit, limitless potential for you. All I see is wins, right? All I'm doing is throwing things into your field of potential. But then if you come to the clinical mentorship side of things, that's where we'll check you and we'll do it with love. We will support you. We will help you troubleshoot. We will overlook your cases. You can bounce ideas and we'll punch holes in your clinical approach. Like that is by design. Our goal is to get you to be the best clinician you can be. So we will shine a flashlight onto the areas where you need to pull up a little bit more, where you need to like refine your skills, your critical thinking, right? But you do it with support. We'll give you feedback. We'll help you out. And listen, it takes courage, to put yourself out there and ask questions, right? It, it, it takes courage to do that. But growth doesn't come without some discomfort and some vulnerability. So we want to, whether or not you're in FNA, 
you do want to be working with some type of mentor, some type of guide, and recognize your own limitations and ask for help. This is what's going to give you the confidence to try new things without doing it uh, irresponsibly or punching above your own weight. So that's really the first step to or one of the steps to becoming a really good practitioner, the best practitioner you can be, is to receive guidance in mentorship. Um, So the person who wrote in already did that. She's in FNA, so well done. I do want to shout out our show sponsors. All right, shit is bananas right now, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Somebody recently asked me, what do you do when you're doing all of the things, you're practicing all of the tools, but things still feel really intense? And honestly, this is where Ned de-stress comes in for me. It is part of my daily routine right now. It's a certified organic formula, full spectrum hemp with CBG, CBD, and also ashwagandha. So it really helps to calm down the body and soothe down anxiety. If you need some support right now, fortify your stress response and get 15% off Ned's de-stress blend with code FUNK, go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code FUNK at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you as always, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering myself and our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. And shout out to show sponsor Element. I'm so pumped to hear that you guys are digging this stuff. I knew you would. It's so freaking tasty. I did get a question about sodium. Somebody asked if I was concerned with the sodium content, and the answer is not at all. In fact, that's why I sought out Element as my electrolyte drink of choice. Active athletes, especially during hot weather, can lose up to seven grams of sodium per day just through sweat alone. And in order to replete that, to replace that, we need both water and sodium so we can reestablish appropriate and proper hydration. I'm active. I like to do hot yoga. Honestly, on my hot yoga days, I actually double down on Element. I know many of you are active as well, so this is something that we really should be mindful of. Salt has been villainized. It's not the bad guy. We need salt. We need minerals. We need electrolytes. And if you want to do it in a yummy way, Element is your thing. So right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. So that's eight packets for free with any element order. It's a great way to try the flavor, see what you like. And you can get it at drinkelement.com forward slash funk. The deal is only available through my link. You got to go to drinklmnt.com forward slash funk. You also get a no questions asked refund. So try it risk-free. You're going to love it. Next thing that I want to talk about is the clinical thought process or the mindset that makes you an advanced practitioner. The difference between the people who are new and the people who are more advanced or experienced really kind of comes down to this clinical thought process. So new, things are almost oversimplified. Like you want to jump right into protocols. Like everyone is kind of treated the same. It's like, you know, everybody has leaky gut or everything is all about the gut or everything is all about minerals. We tend to have um, sort of like a bias in place based on uh, the training that we just did or, uh, you know, everything's adrenal fatigue, sort of like that, right? Everything is a GI map 
in a cell core protocol. I'm going to run the, the test and I'm going to put you on these cell core products, bingo, bango. And I'm not, no dig, you know, like that's not shade to cell core or to GI map. It is a sh- kind of shade to the way people practice in such a cookie cutter fashion, right? That's very, um, kind of like a new newer clinicians tend to do that or like putting everybody on the same elimination diet, right? It's usually overly simplified. It can absolutely be a good starting point for some people. So if this is where you're starting, that's totally okay because it will get some people better, but it's really not where we should net out. We have to start somewhere. So if it's more like cookie cutter template, uh, protocol-based stuff that you're doing, okay, but just recognize that we want to learn and grow and evolve past that. With functional medicine, we're really trying to figure out where the body is not functioning and then to get it to start functioning properly. And in order to do this, we have to understand some like basic like physiology and mechanisms. And really the more, I would say, uh, experienced or advanced practitioners are trying to think about and figure out those mechanisms. You can create more um, efficient and effective uh, treatment strategies and so have more efficient and effective outcomes. And so this is sometimes why some people have like a robust waitlist or thriving practice um, and others don't. It's kind of like their ability to get those um, really good clinical outcomes. Now, again, the catch-22 is that the only way that you really achieve that is through practice. So if you're just starting out, a really good question to ask yourself to begin is, What health challenges do I feel really confident helping right now? Because you don't want to sit, you don't want to bench yourself and like sideline yourself and like wait until you collect all the information to start practicing. We really want to be implementing what we're learning as we're learning it and then continuing to stretch our skill set as we go. So, what challenges? do you feel confident helping right now as is? Great, do that. Also, another great question uh, to ask yourself is what do you feel excited about? You know, what type of information really lights you up? What what do you like, what do you can't wait to like listen to a podcast about or read a book about? What is like really, really exciting to you? So start with the things that you're already confident doing and then allow your excitement to guide you toward your next steps. Uh, Follow your bliss, if you will. And then the next one, I kind of already touched upon this, but practice while you learn. So whatever you're learning, apply what you're learning so you can reinforce what you've learned. Don't just do a program. Don't just do a seminar. Don't just do a workshop and then just let that information sit in your brain or sit in a, like a Google drive on your computer, really start to practice this. 
Rachel just had a discovery call with somebody um, for the Functional Nutrition Academy, and she's so sweet. She's like, I just feel like I'll never know as much as you and Erin know. And the reason it seems like we know so much is because we are actively practicing what we learn. I come back to these things time and time and time again. I'm reteaching myself this stuff often. Just learning it one time doesn't mean that you automatically know it. You will retain so much more if you're putting it into practice while you learn. Many of you know this, Rachel, my lead practitioner, she was in the beta round of the Functional Nutrition Academy. So the very first time I ran FNA, she went through the process and I watched her and I watched her clinical thought process and I watched the questions that she brought to me. I watched the way that she thought about things. She was actively taking what she was learning and applying it and coming back with questions. And I was like, this is somebody I would want on my team. And so I actively sought her out for that because of this, her ability to learn and to put it into practice. I know what a phenomenal practitioner that makes. So this is a really, really big one. Now, if you're running or you plan to run a Dutch hormone panel or a stool test or some other functional lab, you absolutely should be able to understand basic physiology. So for example, like blood sugar metabolism, you should be able to understand the pathways and what's happening there, like glucose and insulin signaling, uh, sleep hygiene. You should be able to explain why that matters, what's going on, uh, circadian rhythm or eating hygiene, right? Be able to explain why that matters, be able to describe the digestive process from top to tail. And there's actually a module on this in FNA. Um, I mean, there's like, I don't know, four, five months of, uh, digestive curriculum, gut health, GI map, stool tests, all that kind of stuff. But there's this one modular in particular that I'm thinking about and it's 30 minutes long. And I'm like, learn this. This is the digestive process from top to tail. This is how I explain it to my students. This is how I teach it in workshops. This is it. This is it. Learn this. Because it's so important that we are, we understand this stuff, like endocrine pathways, HPA access signaling, be able to explain TSH to T4 to T3, liver detox pathways, understand what phase one and phase two is. Obviously, we're teaching all of you this in the Functional Nutrition Academy, but we want you to retain it by actually applying the information. And the reason for it is it because it will impact your protocols and it will impact your treatment strategies at least once a week, at least once a week, Rachel and I are having conversations about pathways and mechanisms just in order to troubleshoot strategies for a client. You know, just this week, we spent two hours discussing a client. And on top of that, I spent half an hour on the phone with her naturopath brainstorming ideas. You, you can't brainstorm ideas if you don't have a working knowledge and understanding of this stuff. We have to understand physiological pathways if we want to take a root cause approach. And I I am not saying this at all to overwhelm or discourage you, but just to set and manage expectations. If this is the work you want to get into, this is what you've got to do. And it doesn't have to be super hard or super scary, but it 
absolutely does require practice. And in fact, I'm kind of saying this to take some of the pressure off of yourself. Like you, like I said, you don't learn it once and then have it memorized forever. It's not a set it and forget it. You're actively reteaching you this yourself this stuff. You're actively practicing it. Sometimes me and Rachel will even go back in the F&A modules and like remind ourselves of stuff too. So just know that everybody, like the good uh, the, the people who are good that you deem like really good, really thorough, who know a lot, know a lot because they continue to learn and practice and relearn and practice. Uh, just the other day I was listening to a mentor of mine talk about his online trainings and they're usually like three or four days in length. And on day one, he always covers physiology. That's like the basis for every single training he does. He's like, let's go over what's happening here. And he says, because you can see, I guess in the online course, you can see what modules people are skipping and what modules people are watching. He says that the majority of practitioners, these are practitioners, mind you, functional practitioners, the majority of practitioners skip day one and go right into street treatment strategies and protocols. He's like, I don't really care about how it works. I just want to know what to do. And I think that's where we are at with current functional medicine and functional nutrition. And that's where this field is getting a bad rap. And that's where this field is failing people. So if you want to set yourself apart, if you want to be really good, do the first step. Don't skip the first step. Understand mechanisms. Understand the physiology. Spend the extra time like teaching it to yourself and relearning it. If you are looking for a printout of exact steps without the curiosity to understand why the steps are what they are, that is not a functional approach, right? So we always want to get you, our goal in FNA is to get you to understand why you're making the recommendation that you're making. Because if that recommendation doesn't work, what are you going to do? How are you going to regroup and course correct? This episode is brought to you by our show sponsor, Organifi. If you're interested in hormonal health, I suggest you check out their Harmony Blend. It was specifically designed for PMS support to help balance out female hormones and to give you a little energy boost with the adaptogenic herbs that they use like Shatavari and Maca. So it's a cacao and Maca blend. I happen to love those two flavors together. So tasty. Uh, we also have ginger and turmeric added to the mix. So it's kind of like a spicy treat. Chase tree berries also featured, which is an herb that has been long shown to support female hormones. So I highly recommend that product. It's really tasty. Great for post-meal sweet treats. You mix a little bit with either hot water. I personally like it with non-dairy milk. And uh, if you're somebody who has a sweet tooth, check them out. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk or use code funk to save you 20% on any of your orders. We also want to thank our other show sponsor, all right, you have all asked me for an official update. I've been using Kian Aminos for every single day for months now. And so I've gotten enough DMs to know that I got to address it here. I will say what I've seen for myself, definitely enhanced muscle growth. I mean, you wouldn't look at me and be like, whoa, she's swole, but I can tell. And I'm putting up heavier weights a lot easier and I don't get sore. So I'm like more likely to, I'm lifting more because I don't have like 
have that muscle fatigue or just like that soreness. So strong recommend. This is why Kian Aminos really is my fundamental supplement for fitness. You can naturally boost energy, build lean muscle, enhance athletic recovery. It's backed by over 20 years of clinical research, highest quality ingredients, no fillers, no junk. It undergoes rigorous quality testing and it tastes amazing. My personal faves are the mango and the lime. If you're looking for flavors to try, you can save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% off one-time purchases. Go to getkion.com forward slash funk. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com slash F-U-N-K to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Kion Aminos. Just today on Instagram, I, I get stories like this all the time. Just today on Instagram, um, somebody said that they worked with a functional clinic, medicine clinic. Um, she got supplements before the labs even came back. So that's a little wacky. Um, she said that was a red flag. Her symptoms got worse after taking the supplements. And rather than helping her troubleshoot, they said it was just her anxiety and she needed to be put on meds and they dropped her as a client. So the willingness to troubleshoot, right? It just wasn't there. Now, granted, I'm only getting one side of the story. I understand stories have multiple parts, but at least this is her perceived experience. And that is not uncommon because if you're just slapping a protocol on every single person that walks in the door and you don't have a deep understanding of physiology and mechanisms, then hey, guess what? When that protocol doesn't work, you don't have a plan B. You can't critical think your way to a plan B. Guess who suffers? It's your client. So mechanisms of action, studying and uh, taking the time to kind of like reteach this stuff to you. Your commitment to implementing what you're learning is the thing that's going to accelerate your skill set. Not everybody has the commitment. So if you do, this is going to set you apart. And again, this is why we encourage you in FNA and we help you with the implementation process. So the next thing would be the willingness to try new things. And we don't have to chew it off all at once, right? Like I said, we don't have to wait to start until we've learned all of the things. Good luck to you. It's going to take forever. I am constantly learning. I'm currently uh, enrolled in seven different programs, right? There's not going to come a time. There's no end point to, I've learned it all. It's official. I mean, even FNA is 14 months, you know, and where we keep going and going and going after that, it, there, it, there's no end point to learning, right? We are in this for the long haul. So hopefully that can take some of the pressure off of you to uh, like need to know all of the things. It is perfectly fine, for example, to periodically add labs to your practice, um, we don't in FNA, we're not like month one, here's every single lab you can run and how to interpret all of them. Like that's insane, right? But we start with one, we get you comfortable with that. Then we add another one. It's like more systematic. When you first set, start a new panel or a new lab test, you may not be able to totally interpret it, right? It might feel really overwhelming to you. That doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. That's part of the learning process. That is perfectly okay. Figuring out how to interpret a lab is part of the normal learning process. You're not going to be like a master or like, you know, super advanced when you're just getting started. But the more you run the labs, the more you practice 
you will develop your skills. So don't expect that you're going to be a master or an expert right out of the gate. Um, But you do need to have the appropriate support in place to help you. So if you're trying a new uh, strategy or you're trying a new lab, for example, you need to have the education on how to interpret the lab. I am like shocked and appalled at how many people just go for labs. And I'm like, but do you know, do you know what to do with that information? Um, so that's the first thing, right? When you're trying something new, make sure you have the education on like how to utilize the new thing. Number two, I'll reiterate the mentorship piece. Having mentorship from some who's somebody who's already mastered the lab, who's already developed the skills, who already knows what they're looking at, who already like knows the nuance of the lab within the clinical context, that's money. That is money. That's really how I learned stool testing is through every time I got one back, I would meet with my mentor. Every time I got one back, I got one back, I would meet with my mentor. She had been practicing for like 15 years longer than me. So she had seen a lot more things and she could tie what she saw on a stool test to what she, you know, symptoms and what she was seeing in practice. Like I learned, I accelerated my growth because I got access to her experience. That's the beauty of mentorship. We should not be super resistant to mentorship. We should also not expect that mentorship comes for free. I just want to say that. I've always invested in all of my mentorship cash money. And this is why we have in FNA one-on-one lab review sessions. So if you have a lab and you're like, help, you can schedule an appointment and get the appropriate help. Um, so be willing to try new things is a biggie because that's how you're, you'll grow and stretch. Make sure you have the appropriate support in place, but you know, invest the time that it takes to learn to interpret things and figure out how they work, right? So be committed to the time, which really brings me to my next point, which is schedule time to study. I've heard it said before, if it's not scheduled, it's not real. I like it. Um, somebody from FNA recently asked, like, how do you jump from student state to practitioner? I like this question because the best practitioners that I know have the philosophy of always a student, to be honest with you. So I don't think there's ever a time where we transition from, I was once a student and now I am a practitioner. I think both can coexist and quite frankly, both should coexist. We should always be learning. Uh, ABL. Is that a thing? I don't know. Should be. Um, So organize time throughout your week to do this. You do have to schedule this. Make it a commitment. Um, I've seen a lot of my FNA students will tag me on Sundays that they're learning. So like, you know, maybe it's a Sunday session. I think FNA Sundays have become kind of a thing. But plan it as part of your weekly schedule. Create a routine around it. Take it seriously. Protect this time. Honor your own boundaries to yourself. Keep your word to yourself. I just saw this uh, from Jill Coleman on Instagram the other day. Following through on what you said you do is rocket fuel for confidence, right? Set this time, reserve this time, commit to this self-study time, right? Whether it's you're studying a course or you're listening to a podcast or reading a book, um, I'm like a little flabbergasted at how many practitioners reach out to me to ask, like, how do you have time to read so much? First of all, I love to read. So there's that, you know, that's like enjoyment for me. But second of all, I I genuinely view this as part of my job. You know, reading about health is 
part of my job. So it's something that I commit to. I carve out the time on my work schedule or, you know, whatever to do that. So making the time for continuing education and like really protecting that time, that is going to help you become the best practitioner you can be. When it comes to continuing education though, try not, whoops, try not to get too haphazard and scattered, especially if you have a proclivity toward overwhelm. Um, just be mindful of not applying too many different concepts and approaches all at once. My personal background, my education background is extremely diverse. I've been studying a lot of different modalities from so many different people in so many you know, walks of life. Um, and I study them all together, you know, for the past 15 plus years, I'm constantly reading. Like I said, sometimes up to four books a week. Uh, currently I'm enrolled in seven programs, like I told you, but this works for me. And I, I mean this like literally according to my Clifton Strengths Finder results, <laughs> this works for my unique, uh, like personality strengths. So my top strength is have you guys heard of the Clifton Strengths Finder? I'm obsessed with it. It's so good. Um, it gives you 34 of your strengths, and it or, like organizes them into categories, and it also like puts them in order of importance. So my top strength is achiever. You know, shocker. Uh, my second one though is input, and I'm gonna read you a little bit about input. You have a need to collect and archive. You may accumulate information and ideas. You acquire lots of new words from your reading. Examining how each one is used in various sentences probably helps you grasp multiple meanings. When the definition eludes you, you are apt to turn to the dictionary for clarification. I've done this since I was little. If I'm reading a book and I don't know a word, I talk pause and like grab the dictionary. Now I can do it on my phone and figure out what that word means. When I read that, I was like, what? How do you know this? Your passion for the written word is not reserved for entertainment. You're eager to dive into complicated, technical, subject-specific texts, pick up best-selling books or popular publications. You can capture the attention of experts with the force of your voice and the power of your presence. You keep specialist interests by speaking their language, using the technical terminology that they rely on to converse or correspond with one another. Your forte is your ability to describe step-by-step -step, how complicated procedures operate. You bring together all sorts of information so you can refer to it later. At that instant, you or at the instant you collect a fact, you are eager to use it. Your trust is, you trust that it's valuable. Your fascination with knowledge has probably been part of you even before you formed the words to ask your first question. To doubt how you like me now. I'm like, that is me. That's me. All right. So I say all of this first because I want you to know about the Clifton Strengths Finder because it's fascinating and it's a strong recommend from old Air Bear. Um, I did it back in 2020 for the first time. And I find it helpful to go back to whenever I have to make big decisions in my business. Um, so I am telling you this because I want you to know about that in case you're interested, but also because this really is like collecting a ton of information all at once from lots of different places is really my nature. It's my innate skill set. But this is not the case for everyone. And in fact, I see students and mentees just feeling really overwhelmed 
and super confused with too many inputs. It creates our inputs. It creates like a uh, like an ungrounded scattershot energy. And I'm sure as I talk about this, many of you can relate. And so because I see this so often, I, I wanted to talk about it here because piecemeal education can lead to a piecemeal approach to your practice if you don't have the innate capacity and skill set to weave things together. And as I'm talking about this, you'll kind of know who you are. Does this does this make sense for you? Like the way that I approach things, does, is that kind of how you think about things, is that how you approach things? Or do you tend to get like a little bit overwhelmed and confused? You just have to know, self-awareness is so key. You just have to know who you are and how you learn best. And if you're not, you know, somebody who like can weave all sorts of stuff together, that's perfectly okay. It doesn't mean you're not cut out for this. I'm going to say that again. It does not mean that you are not cut out for this work. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means that you should play to your strengths. Your strengths are going to be different than my strengths are going to be different than Sally's strengths are going to be different than Joe's strengths. You know what I'm saying? You know, I have because when this, um, the Clifton Strength Finder, it breaks it down into 34. So you also see what like you're the lowest in. So out of 34, and they group everything into categories. Out of 34, my bottom seven are all in the same category of relationship building. And so it goes into kind of specifics about that, that I won't, you know, waste your time with. But It doesn't mean, to be clear, it doesn't mean I can't do those things. It just takes so much effort for me to do them because I'm operating outside of my zone of genius. So when I focus on my top five to eight skills, it doesn't feel as laborious. It it feels like fun and joy and expansion. So I think that this information is so valuable when we build our practices or when we learn how to, uh, when we're like picking programs, like thinking about continuing education. And P.S., I'm so obsessed with this because it was such a game changer for me and my business. We are gifting this to FNA students um, as an early bird bonus for those who sign up for the spring cohort before March 17th. That's when our all of our early bird bonuses expire. So March 17th, my birthday. Um, so we were, so I, that's a little bit off tangent, but I thought it was like a good conversation because like, we're so like, we're so freaking used to comparing ourselves to everybody else being like, she's doing it that way. She's doing it that way. She's doing that way. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to find what works for you. I swear I spend the majority of my business coaching saying that over and over and over and over. Um, But I would bring this information into how we are approaching continuing education. So find the education that you connect with. Find the education that excites you. Find the education that creates a high ROI so you're not wasting your valuable time. When I'm talking about ROI, I don't just mean financial. I don't just mean making your money back. But do you feel like you're getting a lot out of the time that you're investing. I just attended a three-day seminar and I walked away feeling like I could have done that in two hours, you know? And I've also attended three-day seminars that was like, wow, that just changed everything. You know, we all have limited time. You have limited time, so make sure you're investing that time 
wisely. When you find somebody that you resonate with, when you find somebody you resonate with their teaching style or their practice style or their personality, learn the thought process of how that person operates. You know, this is why I've, I've held on to mentors for five years, 10 years, 15 years. I kind of like follow them through their career. Um, and, and this is why we kind of tell people like, if you like this podcast, if you vibe with my teaching style in this podcast, then FNA would be a really good option for you. If you don't like this podcast, I probably wouldn't recommend FNA because it, it's me, you know, and I don't shape shift myself. So in summary, find time, carve out time, map out time, schedule time to continue your education, to self-study or to take programs and, you know, trainings, map out that time, but try not to get too scattershot with uh, how much continuing education you're taking on at once. Because I have found that the vast majority of people, it just kind of keeps them locked into like a little bit of like analysis paralysis. Like I have so much information, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to march forward with this. And that is why I've created FNA by design. It infuses everything together in a very clear, thoughtful, and organized way. So you can actually practice with the information rather than just have more info like swimming around in your head. And I've been asked this, so I'm just going to address this here real quick. I've been asked if there are plans to just like, can I just buy module one? We have no plan or intention to atomize off parts of FNA because of exactly what I said before. What I've seen is that piecemeal education leads to a piecemeal approach to your practice. And that's really not the goal or the intention of the Functional Nutrition Academy. We're really more of like a one-stop shop. You've got four programs in one. You've got the continuing education. You've got business trainings. You have mentorship, both clinical mentorship, both in a group setting and one-on-one. And then business mentorship, and then you also have a community. So I think that's where we'll close it out today. Uh, Come back next week because we're going to get into some more skill sets and practices uh, that can make you be the best practitioner you can be. We'll get more into like the marketing side of things and some of like the mindset, you know, talking about comparison and self-doubt and all that good, good stuff. Um... So come check me next week. And if you are interested in the Functional Nutrition Academy, head to the uh, link in our bio, fill out an application to start the process. Uh, Once you do that, we can set you up with a call with our team and get you started to up-level your practice. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.